mid-level. I'm, we're, let's yeah, Kyle and Sam are over here on the phone just gossiping yeah, just, like yeah, two little yuck girls. Yuck it up, guys. Sorry, we're having a fun conversation. Joining us right now from The Athletic. Uh, he's been flying back and forth covering these NBA finals, and he joins us right now, the one, the only, Samuel Amick. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Dave. Um, um, I'm contractually obligated to say that I was doing my hair and getting ready. <laughs> Get ready for the show, slipping on the jacket. Yep. yep. <laughs> His finest yep. suit. Sam, I didn't plan on asking you this, but somebody brought it up on the text line, and, and now I'm fascinated by it. So real quick before we get into tonight's game and all the periphery, what do you think the market is for DeMarcus Cousins next year? The DeMarcus, if you will. Um, I, nice. Man, that's a great question. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> that's just a stall tactic. I don't know. That's okay. I'm getting um, the crown anyways. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's right. I forgot. That's right. Are you running around? No, I'm studio? right here. I'm right here. All right. Um, man, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, certainly highly employable, um, not a franchise centerpiece, in my opinion, uh, based on what we've seen. And, you know, so I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't see max money. I don't see, you know, it's, it's a really interesting question. So no max um, money, probably no long-term deal because nobody's going to give him what he wants long-term. He's probably going to want a year to prove himself. So are we most likely looking at a one- or two-year deal? And then as Jay just said, I've heard this from a couple people, could we be looking at a one-year deal on the mid-level exception again? I mean – I don't know, but maybe not the mid-level. Uh, I mean, there's just a bunch of teams with a bunch of cap room, and, and there's just simply, you know, there's like eight max player slots and not eight max players. Um, and so, you know, do one of those teams with those, and, and I'm, you know, and there's teams with multiple max player slots. I mean, so that's a lot of cash. So does he get his hands on, I mean, maybe it is a one-year max deal or or a one-year, you know, 18 million, 20 million type thing. Uh, but 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 I do think that he's going to have to show what he can do in a different landscape, you know, as either the guy or or the number two guy. And it's been up and down with these Warriors. He's had some incredible moments that you know he can talk about when he's an old man for sure. But the you know, but it's it's just it's been up and down at the same time. Uh, off topic here, but just to answer everybody's questions, uh, from the 916, pilots and co-pilots are advised to not eat the same meals when they are working. If something's wrong with the meal, like food poisoning, the other pilot will not be affected and co- can, of course, take over. This isn't an FAA rule, but most airlines have their own rules about it. So I guess that is kind of the airplane rule from the movie, Sam. We were musing about that earlier where you can't have two pilots eat the fish. You know what I'm saying? I do. Okay. I do. Uh, I'm not sure where to take that. I mean, uh, where to take it. you know. My 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 buddy and colleague at the Athletic, uh, Ethan Strauss, had some some stomach problems recently. So I mean, I, we should employ the same tactic at our place. With you writers. know what I mean? Yeah, just uh, it's the finals are very important. Don't, don't eat the same food. <laughs> Sam Hamick of the Athletic joining us. Uh, Steve Kerr, we played sound from him earlier. He a lot of things have been said about this Kevin Durant injury thing and blame and whose fault is it and are the Warriors culpable and blah blah blah. He said something that I hadn't heard yet that that made a big difference to me, which was, I, I, you know, I don't care what Kevin Durant thinks. I don't care what his agent thinks. I don't care what Steve Kerr thinks. I only care what doctors think. Kerr said that they not only had their staff clear Kevin Durant, but he also got outside medical advice, and he was cleared too. For you, does that put that thing to bed? Um, No, not no. totally. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I actually talked to the Warriors yesterday about – 
and this is beyond the Warriors. It's an NBA thing. Sure. I, I wish that the NBA would would allow us to talk in the media to talk, you know, to the medical professionals. Um, I feel bad. I know there's HIPAA rules, and I think there's ways around those in terms of, you know, these people are smart enough to to know what they can say, what they can't say, what they you know can talk about, what they can't talk about. Because what happens is Steve Kerr, man, just it's just time and again, and coaches like him. They get put up there, and, and they're supposed to talk about something that they're not experts in. And Steve has stepped in it multiple times during this Kevin situation in terms of describing details of the injury, in terms of characterizing, you know, how long it might be until, you know, Kevin is back. Uh, I think there's been some frustration where, they, you know, technically the coach is supposed to say that the medical stuff is only, you know, left to uh, – the team announcement, but that's just a tough, you know, the fans want to know like what's going on. And so, you know, Steve, if you go back and I wrote this yesterday, you know, it's kind of chronicle what he said. I mean, he just, it's, it's all over the map. And I think to be honest, it hurt their team because what happens is the doctors are not sitting there going around the locker room, telling all the players in intimate detail, what's going on. A lot of times the players themselves and, you know, Kevin's teammates are reacting to what they see in the media, what the, team is putting out there and uh and i think that that had a lot to do with why there was some frustration that he didn't come back earlier because you know they, they kept kind of having that carrot out there um but to your question i i, I don't understand i want i want to know more about why they were so confident that the injury was going to stay at the calf i mean everything i've read is that there's this you know my new favorite word synergistic huh. relationship between the calf and the Achilles, and when the calf is compromised, then the Achilles you know, are weakened, and the Achilles is compromised. And I don't understand why they didn't seem to be uh, too worried about that. Golden State, Toronto tonight, Game Six. I'm having a tough time seeing a road for the Warriors to win this one now that the Raptors know Kevin Durant is is out for an entire game. I were thinking that. Do you still think? Do you still think the Raptors are the favorite tonight, or, or do you think we see a Game Seven? I mean, I think they are, um, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for, I'm, I'm too emotionally based in my fiber, but, you know, rather than analytically based. And so I, I get caught up in the, uh, you know, the last game at Oracle and, and the championship pedigree with these players yeah. and the idea that this is, you know, this is the memory they want to have is to, is to tell the people of, you know, the good people of Oakland that they, uh, that they put them out on a winning note. Cause it's now, if they lose, obviously, then they will have lost three in a row at the, you know, their old building. And not only that, you've, uh, you've seen all the social media stuff nice where it's Nicely like, done. what, getting through that yawn? <laughs> yes, that was, yeah. that was professional, dude. Yeah, only I you. caught that. I don't think anybody else caught it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. I got you. <laughs> um, and, but it's like, right. and I gave you the, the Bert and Ernie laugh. Uh-huh. Um, they, you know, the, the Raptors fans just they they take over the building when they when their team wins, and uh, it's just surreal. I mean, it's it's cool from a Raptors standpoint, but you know, it's, it's it's crazy. I just don't think that's how the Warriors players want it to end on this floor. And if you you know if you look at it, you take away the one game that Clay Thompson missed, then we've got an even series. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, and I just firepower is a problem. For the Warriors, which is something we never thought we would say, they need a third scorer 
I think Iguodala's got to give him 15. I think Quintook's got to hit a couple threes, maybe three, you know, three threes minimum. Uh, they've got to get scoring, and then their defense has been so inconsistent, you know, has got to be there. But I think it'll be a, a tight game. There are people saying that opting in with the Warriors is the last resort or a very low on the totem pole for Kevin Durant. I, I found that interesting. Do you agree with that, Sam? I mean, I don't, you know, I, I have not talked to his people about that topic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, reporting wise, I don't know. And I don't know why it would be a last option. You yeah. know, I mean, it's like, all right, well, that's, I'll take that last option. It sounds pretty good to me. 31 and a half uh, million options. Yes. Um, but I don't know, you know, how he sees that. Now he's going to have max money waiting for him. I am curious to to know, you know, and this is like it's so sensitive around the Warriors right now that it's tough to ask this type of a question. But like, I'm really curious, you know, behind the scenes and truthfully, what type of contract they are willing to offer him. You know, I had somebody tell me yesterday they they still thought it would be like if he wanted the five year max, he would get it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? It's not not just the injury, but there's just a lot there. Uh, but the you know the Clippers are still going to offer him max. I know that for a fact. Uh, you know I think presumably the Knicks and and uh, all these other teams as well. So you know he's he's got no no money problems. Just a matter of you know the fact that it's it's obviously pretty tragic. That he can't play the game for a year. And I want to philosophize with you for a second. You talked about emotion earlier, so let's take all the logic off the table here. I'm very fascinated by this story because before his injury, you had this, and I'm air quoting here, this snake, this coward, this soft guy who was never a real warrior. It was... He, he was a hired mercenary, an assassin who just kind of was on the periphery. Draymond Green didn't want around that came in as a hired gun, got them a couple titles. But many thought, and you wrote an article telling them pretty much they were crazy for thinking this, that, hey, the Warriors could do this and, in fact, might even be better without Kevin Durant. And it's amazing. Maybe not so much in this day and age, but it's amazing that that narrative has gone completely on its head. And now all of a sudden, not only is he a splash brother, he's a cut above, he's a warrior, he's one of ours. The heart, the soul, the the bravery of Kevin Durant. And what I find myself wondering, Sam, is in a weird roundabout way, is it possible that before that injury, Kevin Durant was absolutely gone? And then injury aside, though, not just for the security purposes, as you just outlined, he's getting money anywhere. Could that could this have all of a sudden created a road where he voluntarily not only comes back to the Warriors for a year, but spends the next three or four years there as a welcome addition, as a part of that Warrior fabric that is beloved by Warrior fans? Could we really be looking at that as an end game? Um, from the fans for sure, and and you know from some of the people on the team, yes. Uh, this is me being old, grumpy, cynical guy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go down the Jalen Rose road and I don't know if you saw his commentary the other day, but he had a line where he was, you know, and, it, and not to be dramatic because this is, this is a, a sports injury, you know, Kevin's otherwise healthy in right. life. But I mean, he said, you know, that when he grew up, his mother taught him that, you know, that they'll bring flowers to, to the funeral, but they won't bring you soup when you're sick. And there's a lot of people bringing flowers right now. And it's some of it just being real between you and I and, and the wall here and two buddies. Like it's some of it just, it's, it's over the top. Um, it's just because you kind of know that 
the uncomfortableness that was there before. And, you know, and then now it feels like they all, they all, you know, I don't know. You get what I'm saying. I do. The hypocrisy, the changing of gears. Yeah. Everybody loved Kevin all along and can't understand why the media and fans would create this narrative, even though they were probably part of the narrative before. Right. And, And I'm even like, I'm trying to be as authentic as possible in my coverage because, you know, I wrote something yesterday about how he deserved better. And and I certainly believe that. Um, But it's, you know, but I'm not going to strip away all of the real dynamics that were there before when it comes to him and the relationship with the team, because, you know, now it's this epiphany that, that, you know, I mean, epiphany is the wrong word, but just because of the extremity of, the severity of his injury, you know, it's like all that other stuff falls by the wayside and everybody just is, is on team KD. Um, you know, that's a little weird. Sam Amick of the athletic with us. Let's, let's have fun. I know you're, you know, what's deep in coverage of the uh, NBA finals, Anthony Davis (laughs) get traded this week. And, uh, does Danny Ainge really have the stones to give up his war chest for uh, a guy? Rich Paul says there's no chance of signing in Boston. (laughs) I'm such an immature child. You know what's deep and, and stones in one sentence, Dave. Good job. Right, thank you. Appreciate you. Um, Thanks for noticing. Yeah, I mean, I think they, I think AD, I, I feel, man, if he's not a Laker, then mm-hmm. they just they need to, you know, contract the Lakers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Huge fan, Sam. You just got a lot of new subscriptions in Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they just I feel like it's right there for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I haven't dug too much on it. Uh, you know, yesterday I did text with one of the main principal parties, and he said the Lakers were were being. Uh, you can probably guess who it is. That the Lakers were not giving in um, in terms of their offer, and right. and I didn't get the specifics, but it you know had been reported elsewhere that that essentially means they don't want to give up Cal Kuzma. Right. And it's like, come on, man! Uh, right. Like LeBron, LeBron and AD on the same team, um, you know, you do that, and then you figure out the rest. Yep. So they need to get him in a Lakers jersey, and that's the only saving grace for their otherwise dumpster fire. You know, last eighteen months, like everything after they got LeBron, eighteen months is too long. But you know what I mean? Um, you know, the, the Boston thing is just crazy to me because they really are the idea that they are fearlessly moving forward with this pursuit. Um, I really do think it's super dangerous because even though some of these other teams have, you know, had success in going after a guy who didn't necessarily want to be there, the Thunder with Paul George and, and the Raptors with Kawhi Leonard, like it's a good story to tell to say that's the new way of the NBA. But um, I feel like with Boston, it, I, I'm not necessarily sure it's going to turn out that same way. Because even if the Raptors lose Kawhi, they've accomplished so much, it's probably already a success story. But with Boston, you know, if you're going to lose Kyrie and then AD's not going to want to be there without Kyrie, uh, I, I, don't, I just don't know why you give up that, the war chest, as you called it, with Jason Tatum and all those other pieces. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. But it, it feels like AD will have a Lakers jersey on at some point here. The other day, uh, I took my daughter to the doctor to get some uh, booster shots, and then on the way home, uh, we stopped by a frozen yogurt place, Froyo, as the kids say, and uh, we each got actually small, not even a medium. We actually got small cups uh, with just one topping on both, 
the total for that before tax was more expensive than a one month subscription to the athletic. Think about that for a second. You can go to the athletic and uh, read wonderful writers like uh, Sam Amick and the uh, gastrically distressed Ethan Strauss and so many more. And uh, I'll do all that for less than the price of a couple of Froyo, Sam. I think that's a pretty good deal. Thanks, buddy. You're my Froyo. Mm-hmm. I need to contract. Froyo, bro. I don't know what that means. Well, I appreciate you. Uh, I will be your brother in Froyo, and I appreciate In fact, uh, we'll put that out there later. You don't mind if I tweet that, right? The Athletic Sam Amick, the Lakers need to retract. I feel like that's an accurate <laughs> contract. 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 It's a very different thing. What'd I say? Retract. You said, you said retract. <laughs> yes, their entire history. Retract the whole thing. They never won a title. <laughs> they need to contract the You're Lakers. The <laughs> care, I don't buddy. know. Aggregate, aggregate the hell out of me and, and make my phone blow up. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Amick <laughs> reports the Lakers are being contracted. <laughs>